Episode 132, The Personal Challenge. In this episode, the rules were simple. We were going to choose our individual challenges and their duration. So with that, I don't think we need any more lead up. Nate, what did you choose? Yeah, I chose fasting. It's something that we had both kind of tried and tinkered around with before. And I feel like it's so common to see how much you can take like the way that we're kind of raised and what's the norm is like, I can have this much of anything versus not having stuff is kind of the inverse of that, but that's strength too. And I feel like, I feel like starving yourself (laughs) goes against (laughs) the standard of how, you know, the flow of life, the way that I was raised goes. So it's a good one. And it was super beneficial. I feel like um, I I want to make it a regular thing because I do feel like it's a weird place that you get into when you haven't had food for 48 plus hours. And I think that there's probably different, different lengths that really produce different effects. I feel like 48 was good for me, but that's what I did this time. I actually did it twice. I had two 48-hour fasts. I felt like I got more in touch with like subtle energy fields within me. Like I feel like both electric and magnetic. I felt like thinking wise, I felt a increase in clarity and kind of an an easier way to zone into things. Like when you're meditating, like I felt like I was able to get in touch with kind of just different wavelengths than normally. And it's weird because you don't notice it when you've been eating food a bunch. It sounds kind of kooky. But once you haven't been, it's almost like a big distraction. A big uh, blocker is lifted. And it kind of goes in different depths as you've been in that place. Uh, about an about a day in, you start to kind of notice kind of just a different zone that you're in, I felt. And uh, there's different challenges. There's different wavelengths of it where you're like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. I am hungry, you know, and you get kind of angry about it for a minute, but I feel like I kind of rehearsed things having done it a few times now that I'm going to be hungry, going to be pissed off about it. You know, I'm going to see food around me and stuff and I'm going to make all sorts of excuses and knowing that it's kind of easy to see it coming and then things go away pretty quick. But I, I would say that overall it was just clarity, clarity of mind was a big takeaway and just being able to tune into my body was really interesting and it doesn't make sense from the normal, you know, place of living of digesting and kind of being almost at like almost at the hands of your own digestion in a way that you feel like whatever I had, whatever I've put into my body, I'm kind of at the mercy of how that's affecting my body versus clearing it out. But I mean, the the mantra that really got it for me that made it made sense was you can't repair the roads when there's traffic on it. And that's kind of what got me through. I'm like, anytime that I'm really like resisting it, first of all, I'm like, I've got anything I need a hand's reach away. So cut the shit. But that's what got me where I'm like, well, you can't repair the roads while you're on it. Well, there's traffic on it. And that just that little kind of key made it just neutralize anything that would, you know, it's just ah, keep going, man. No big deal. And Chris, what was your challenge I wasn't really coherent on this. I wanted 
if it came up and it was something that felt like it might, I don't want to say irritate me or something that it was, I could, I didn't have a hard, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to not eat chocolate for the next four years regarding everything. But, um, I started to incorporate fasting during my mornings. I was going to see, you know, how far I could push that, where I could push that into possibly a day or two. I never did that. Um, but at the same time I was trying to eliminate, uh, I was trying to drink as little caffeine as possible during, uh, drink as much water. Um, I also abstained from the news, just any type of mindless, like, I'm going to go check the news. I'm going to check what's happening. It seems like for several years, every single time I do that, it's, I find an irritant just to, or something pulls me in, um, so I, I stopped doing that. And in a little bit of this, I, I had a moment where, like, I checked the news, like, yesterday. But I was trying to build up enough things that I do when I'm bored, which could be eating, which could be drinking, which could be watching the news, things like that. It... I tried to be more aware of the activities that I was involving myself in and I tried to replace those with better things and in a lot of ways I was trying to hopefully provoke myself and give me like with your fasting Nate I think I wanted um, something that would would be a little difficult for me and provoke my own reactions, which I could try to transcend, you know. Um, and it's, I don't know if I really learned so much on this round other than what I want to intend to keep doing. And for me, it's, I want to play around more with the fasting and I want to be more in that state of, of having withheld something from myself and learn more about it just because I think it does it, it kind of sends you off in that I can only imagine what type of things Jesus was seeing and hearing you know while he was in that cave for 40 days because <laughs> that's essentially what it is and I think it's it's been there in almost every religion that you've looked into somebody has done something um, I think Buddha was famously known to have decided to stop fasting when he went under that Bodhi tree, you know. Um, but I started to get little pings from something else. And I've had that in my life and not nearly as much right now. But really, I think that's I'm trying to invite that into my life as much as possible. Because I know that whatever this pursuit of mine is, it's not going to be by little old me. And it's going to take kind of pulling myself out of that uh, that composite to be able to really do anything and invite any other forces to, to my aid as possible. I got to ask, if you stop watching the news, how did you know what to be afraid of? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went on yesterday, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, are you not aware of 
murder hornets and uprising of swine flu and bubonic plague and all other things <laughs> yeah. that are coming for you. For the record, <laughs> for the record on the murder hornets, I just learned about those. This is how bad I am. Or actually, in my opinion, good I am mm-hmm. with not watching the news. Kristen, she told me a joke about the murder hornet. She's like, whatever happened about the murder hornets? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this was a week and a half ago. She was like, you don't know about murder hornets? I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, God. And, like, I think she realized then, like, she knew that I was, like, out of the loop with a lot of this stuff. Um, But then she was like, yeah, you are, like, completely detached. I'm like, can you please explain this? And so she went in and, and explained it. But at the same time, we had a good conversation about how she's like, um that like she wants to err on that side a little bit more because she's starting to see you know um that everyone it they're so connected and it's it's a huge form of manipulation it's like okay it's good to be aware of that stuff but again like the metaphor that pops up in my mind is that there are a lot of people like we have these warning signs of like, yeah, this is something that's happening, but people stop in front of that sign and they're screaming and they're worried and they're terrified and they're just standing next to that warning sign. And it's like, it's there for you to be aware, but you're, you're still supposed to continue on knowing that information, come up with the best action plan. And if you're, you know, if you're going to do something, then do something about it. If you're not going to do something, if you have that information, you're like, yeah, but I'm in this area. We don't have murder hornets. That's not uh, something that I need to concern myself with. That would be wasted energy. Move on down your path. Yeah. That's it. I have. But everyone has just stopped in front of science and they're screaming. <laughs> it's like, is that affecting you? Well, it might be a good example right there. You miss the murder hornets and you say, well, what happened? And someone says, well, nothing really. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. I have have that image of uh, A Clockwork Orange of Malcolm McDowell at the end with his eyes taped open. It's like every time that I've been looking too much at anything and it really starts to get inside and affect me, I think of that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Stanley Kubrick. Appreciate it. You know, that was a form of torture at the end of that movie it's just endless news (laughs) yeah and it's it's interesting i think um the reason why that film connected with people i mean i was actually just thinking of that movie the other day as well and i'm like when you when you touch on something that really has relevance and is like stanley being in the game that he was in he knew he's like this is where it's going Clearly, this is where it's going to end up because you can see all the signs. You can see all the trends moving and you can see them when you're, you know, like he's making media and he understands the power that he has when he's creating something. He's like, whoa. And it it kind of freaks you out, too, a little bit where you're like, man, put in the wrong hands. I don't know if Stanley Kubrick was the right hands, <laughs> you know, because you see some of the stuff that that he created. You're like, I don't know if this is healthy for 
for him to be creating or for people to be digesting. And um, I don't know. I, I think we're naturally trusting, but it really is true. There is no free lunch. So you get something delivered to you. It's not, it's not just done so on journalistic integrity, you know, and, and just looking at that and looking at what true journalism is versus what true propaganda is versus keeping the bills on or keeping the lights on and paying the bills for, you know, a corporation. It's like, well, it's, there's some serious gray area in there that you got to kind of choose, you know, and, and see what you think, evaluate it on a personal level. But unhooking, I think is very wise because it's not, it's not a hundred percent truth. None of it is. It's, it takes you kind of evaluating from your point of view, but then, it's a whole rat's nest where you're like, what, what did I preload my assumptions with, you know, through my whole childhood? It's, it's a mess. Yeah. It's, I like getting a little bit of distance and then coming back. It seems like I have, it has less of a hold of me, you know, and I can kind of look at all the figures talking and it's, I don't have to try so hard to just entertain them. Um, Usually the times that I'm so sick of it, I can't take seeing a single face or a single word from somebody, you know, I turn on the news and I see all the boxes and I'm like, uh-uh. yeah. you know, I just, I'm, I'm instantly affected. Of course, that's something inside me, not something in the news. It's just, it's probably time to go, but it is nice to get that little respite and have some type of fast inside me, you know, and I come back and I have this weird buffer. And it's like a shield of armor over, you know, the this visual kind of external stimulus. And it no longer can get to me into my kind of my heartstrings as, as closely, you know. And I like having that little bit of strength. I think um, us diving into meditation, like... How, was that your topic? Who started it? Because I think we've all kind of done it in some way, like as a topic. Um, that it almost becomes a metaphor that you're using for other things. Fasting is essentially, it's just a, um, it's a meditation on food, right? Like it's a break from... Like meditation is a break from thought or as best you can. It's just slowing that down and focusing on one thing versus a million things or whatever is coming in your natural stream of conscious as you're walking throughout the day. But I think it's almost like a natural progression that we became fascinated with fasting because you're like, what am I putting in my body? Like, what am I actually physically digesting as nutrition? So I'm going to put a pause on that so I can, you know, think more clearly about my eating choices. But how many things can we apply the metaphor of meditation to? Mm. What you see, what you hear, what you verbalize, and the, the, space, the space between those things mm. becomes highly important. And then as soon as you are noticing, you know, not just the sounds in the music, but the spaces in between, then you start realizing like, maybe I shouldn't talk all the time. Maybe I should listen 
and that's important yeah. as well. I think that's uh, it's interesting that you bring up meditation too, because I think fasting fits the same kind of profile. Where I think there's like a positive and a negative of that, not like a good or a bad, but like there's an ingesting and kind of a there's like a passive and an active way of meditating where you're like, yeah, I'm gonna try to shut out all things. I'm gonna try to still the mind and really get into my body. And then there's also like an active meditation where you're you're meditating on an idea or and mm-hmm. a thought or something like that. It's kind of the same with fasting. We're like, I mean, you're really you're creating distance between, you know, caloric food essentially, but also you're still having water. You can still have in in my case, I still have black coffee, not much because I learned pretty quick that caffeine is way more powerful and that get that got me I kind of started meditating on caffeine where I'm like, "Damn, like this is covered by the food that I eat. I don't usually notice the effect it has on me, but as soon as I take that food away, I feel like I've never done cocaine, but I feel like I'm coked out. Huh. You know, you really notice you're like, damn, dude, like going for that second cup and I drink a big cup. That's no joke. And I do that every day usually. So I think fasting, that relationship's the same kind of thing where it's like, it's not just like meditating. It's not so easy just to say, I'm meditating. It's like, well, what, what's your brand? You know, you have to form your own relationship yeah. with it. And I think that's, it's a, a cool idea bringing that up that there's a, that there's a different relationship that you can have with it. What did, what did you do? Yeah, okay. Phil? What was your I, challenge? I, I fasted as well. And, um, I did it. I've done it th- four times now, three or four times. And, uh, my experience, like the very first time I did it, I really like broke the seal and I did it for four days. And that was with you, Nate. Um, that was the first one. And it was just like, yep, yeah, we were talking about it and decided to go for it. That one was really intense. And by the end of it, I was like, same with you, uh, with your experience, very in touch with like, energy fields my focus was razor sharp my um i I felt like my gratitude toward the present moment was at an all-time high which i really made a strong connection with so now like since i did that there have been it's almost like a residual effect right like you do something and your body is like oh that's good it's only a matter of time before you're going to want to do that again and as soon as you fast and then you're you have that feeling that connection with the present moment your body is going to want that again and i think just like being you know on the the converse of that like just like being drunk you kind of like in the beginning you're like oh i don't like the taste of alcohol i don't like this there's nothing good about this and then all of a sudden like you break through that and you're like oh small me is off right now Mm -hmm. and so you connect with your subconscious and then he's like it's about fucking time (laughs) party time and he sees everything as positive someone comes up to you cusses you out you're you're armored like you're you're invincible you're like you can't touch me you know like you it rolls right off you there are all these benefits and then some people go down that road and it's like connecting in that form it's an unhealthy means to get to a healthy mental state 
And this isn't as potent. It takes more dedication. So it's a healthy means to get to a healthy mindset. And so doing that, it takes a little bit more time, I, I feel, to build up that habit. But it is a far healthier way of being. And so I kind of broke the seal with four days right after I was like, I broke in the worst way. We had all this like junk food around, uh, cinnamon rolls and like stuff left over from Easter's because it was back in, um, in April. First thing I ate, um, actually from that one, the first thing that I ate was steak, which was like the, it's the best steak I've ever had in my life. And Kristen, she was like, well, it's probably the best steak I've ever cooked. So this isn't a accurate res representation. She's like, it was really good. I'm like, you have no idea after four days. And the first thing that I bite into is this amazing steak. So that was good. But then after that, I was like, we've got cinnamon rolls. And I just started mowing and, um, but I became instantly aware of the things that were bad for me. My body was like, fuck you. What did you put in my mouth? And uh, with cinnamon rolls, like the roof of my mouth itched. Never had that sensation. It was just like on fire itching. Like my body was like, no. <laughs> and it was, I, the only thing I can equate that to was having enough time away and enough awareness rise up that all these things were like, it was, they were just like yeses and nos. There was no gray area, which I was extremely grateful for, where I'm like, it's really that bad. But your body is an amazing <laughs> machine, and it doles it down. It's like, all right, if this motherfucker is going to be eating junk all the time, we might as well get used to it. <laughs> you know, or We're going to adapt to it as best we can. And um, But when you fast, it's like it becomes highly aware, and it lets you know, like, don't do that again. And um, yeah, it was it was great that first time. And then I really like as we were kind of going into this topic and I was like, OK, I want to do this again. I did it again and then enjoyed it so much that I I waited like three days, then fasted again. I was like really ideally and I don't want to go Gandhi style but I was like I want to have this be a regular thing and just listening to my body because um, on like the second or third day I feel better than I've felt in years I'm thinking clearer and I'm more highly aware of my choices, both like mentally and like physically. So it would just be counterbalancing and finding like harmony between eating and not eating and eating all the right things and kind of just slowly moving away from the stuff that I'm like becoming more and more aware of like how bad it is. Um, yeah, yeah, I, so I definitely feel like a fog lifts. Like I'm, I'm more clear on so much, you know. And the the thing about the fog is that I don't realize how often I'm under it. It's like mm -hmm. getting outside of it. You're yeah. like, oh, this is what clarity feels like. Like this is a brief glimpse of that, you know. I have to wonder too. Do you 
are you not getting the sensation of what the cinnamon roll does at the top of your mouth all the time? Or are you just, or, or do you get that? And are you just more aware at this point? You know, and I, I don't have an answer. I have yeah. experiences like that myself. And it's like, I really don't know. I don't know how I could not be aware of it. But then again, I'm not going to go too far down that road of assuming that I'm, I've seen myself be very sensitive. And then in other cases, you know, just simply be irritated. So in, in a lot of ways, I think meditation is kind of like, it's like going to the gym, you know, and it's training that muscle to be aware. And like you said, I, I think that meditation or fasting or, you know, meditating on any, any type of abstinence that you're conducting in your life is probably a good thing. You're taking advantage of it and it, you're becoming aware of all the, the, the receptions, the inputs that you would normally get with eating and learning to survive them and maybe see what's on the other side of them, but you're becoming more aware and maybe so when you do eat, you do it at the right times and you're not just waking up and saying, I've got a pile of garbage in my mouth. And not being aware of, because I mean, I've had that where I put something in my body and then I have a reaction and I don't even know it was the thing that I put in my mm -hmm. body. And I think that'd be very hard to continue to ignore if you were fasting all the time and paying attention and writing notes on it, things like that. It's, it's amazing to me when I am paying attention. Like how many things I'm noticing that I notice I haven't noticed before. A lot escapes our attention. And it's it's not even out on the, the far branches of our knowledge. It's very close. It's 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 a primary observation. And we miss all that stuff for all the for the news articles that we have, you know, for the the external information and knowledge that we have. We traded one thing for another very early on. And I think that our the, the little primary noticings that we uh, that we can pick up on are are we traded all that. You bring up a good. I'm going to like redirect something that you brought up and ask you, Nate, um, just to keep the, like the flow of conversation. But it's like you you bring up noticing, and I know like on one of our topics we were we you know uh, Nate you had the topic of the two pages and writing that down. How has journaling changed? Because like really looking at it, it's like there's a, this thing that's starting to happen amongst all three of us that we're meditating, we're journaling, and that is a deadly com combo for awareness. And as you start doing that, what you journal is what you are becoming more aware of. And everyone is having, like you said, Chris, everyone's having these little things pop up to them a million times a day, but nobody's capturing them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they're just floating around and they stay floating around and they stay as a possible um, mental note. But what things have you noticed, Nate, since you've been journaling and meditating? I think that the biggest one is the the biggest thing that I've noticed is that 
I don't have things as figured out as I tell myself. Like I can't see the gaps in my own logic or whatever I'm feeling. Kind of like when you read something and you naturally fill in words that aren't there until I write about it. So now if I want to have good thoughts on something or I want to dive in and really even something that I think I understand, it's a, it's been a practice of mine to like, Ooh, I'm going to write about that for a little bit to really see if I got it. You know, can I make the argument to myself that I really understand this because I can't trust myself. It's, it's a, it's a cloud of thoughts that that's been the biggest awareness. So now it's like, Ooh, I like that. I'm going to make sure I lock that in. Like I distill it into my own language has been big. And, and as far as this practice here, the thing that stood out to me the most is I'm going to stop. I'm really going to put an effort to stop grazing because fasting is like the extreme version of a really good habit of, of focusing. Like there's so much that, that I do that it's multitasking, making a fog of my awareness on all things and just something as simple as eating that I'm going to make a decision to do this. I'm going to make a decision to put these things in my body and I'm going to do it all at a specific time, you know, from this point to this point. And then I'm going to give my body all this time to do what it has to do to break it down. And then another block of time to be away from that so that it can do the next stage of being free from that shit. And that's, I mean, that's just a huge habit of information or anything that I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to shut everything else out that I can that's healthy for it and I feel like I'll be all the better for it so that's that's been me but it's cool to hear you talk about two pages because that was a big one for me and on the surface it's so simple it almost seems like eh like nonsensical but as I did it and it got past the habit like it got into a habit where I didn't have to kind of like fire up my motor to do it it just became okay I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna write and that was for me it happened before we did the episode so I was already in love with it And I've gotten away from it. I need to get back on that. But I'm curious to hear what you guys notice with this too, you know? Yeah. You bringing up focusing and then becoming aware. So you're, you're sharper when you focus and you're sharper when you, you broaden your scope. And it's interesting you bringing that up, um, it doesn't surprise me because this is a, a note. I mean, obviously we are, we're exploring these things right now, but these things come at you now, um, all the time and they're very specific and in seeming, seemingly random inputs. I, um, as you both know, I was listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast and there was an interview with Joshua Waitzkin who, the movie Searching for Bobby Fisher was based on his life. He's a chess master. And one of the things that he brought up is meditation and its ability to um, harness your your capability like or your your full ability. And what he was talking about was um a a Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter who he trains under, who's like the Michael Jordan of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that his name escapes me. I, Marcio something. Shogun Hua? Could be. I don't know. Um, but we'll have to find that out specifically. But um, he, they said that like before a match, 
we're talking right before he's in such a deep meditative state and he's built this habit that often he'll be asleep and they're like dude this is like a big match and they're like marcio (laughs) like tap him on the shoulder and he'll go in and um obviously joshua was like okay you know i'm he does it as well and the they stay 100% calm and tranquil up until the moment where they're going to have to deliver the exact opposite. And what he said is that most people, you know, like the, the idea is that most people are revving on a scale of one to 10. They're revving at like a, a solid six, very attentive right before something like that. And they're, they're like psyching themselves up and they're not actually what they're doing is they're draining their battery so that the best that they can do is like an eight or a nine. Whereas Marcio is sharpening his ax by not using it. You know, he's, he's sitting there, he's already sharpened the ax and he's just like, I'm going to have this thing as ready as possible. So when I do swing, it will be at a solid 10 maybe I might surprise myself and find out that I have 11 in me. And time and time again, he goes in and crushes because of that. And it's a it's a habit that I've noticed in a lot of great people. And I wrote it down even before I heard this interview. And I'm like, of course. <laughs> like yeah. It comes to me and I'm like, oh, of course. It sounds like that something that's sense. like a Zen Cohen or like the Tao. You know, if one would be full, one must first become empty. If you seek to be soft become hard you know or hard become soft like yeah it, it just it fits and it's and it's something that like i've had i've had echoed that like i do from time to time with different things that i'm like yeah but that's this it's like it, it doesn't matter but it's like it's also been something that like yeah there's no stakes in that but it's also something that like when I look at the things that I don't feel matter or like it would be a habit. Like I remember Aaron um, bringing it up that like before work he would be there and he'd be kind of like, he'd get there early and he'd be kind of like, Oh, I got to clock in. And this was, you know, back in the day and he's worried about how his shift is going to go. And so he gets there early and he, he would just stress out that he's not going to have this job. And then he would watch me come. He's like, when the hell is Phil going to get here? I already had the job. I wasn't worried about it. So clearly it's a completely different situation. But I'd I'd walk in. I knew exactly how long it took for me to get to work. And so I'd park. I'd walk in. And he's like, and time and time again, like I'd be leaving the break room thinking I'm going to clock in before Phil. And he's like, you'd walk in, cool as a cucumber, You'd swipe in like moments before I would get to the little reader and then you'd start your shift and there was just like this confidence that this job was yours, you deserved it and and you weren't going to lose it. And, you know, obviously it's like this is just a job that anybody could get. Um, but at the time it was kind of like, oh, this is a higher paying job. Um, we were young, just out of high school. But I was like, but the thing that gave me confidence was I worked my ass off and that I was adding value and that they better want me 
because I'm, I, I looked around and I knew that I was working harder than anybody else. So then that gave me the confidence to like ease up on myself and know like, no, I deserve this. I belong here and I would be calm anytime I wasn't there. But I think if you're not working as hard, then it, you will be revving at a six, you know, and you'll be like, ah, and you're stressed out or whatever. But I don't know. It's just like that becomes a metaphor for absolutely everything. And I'm like, oh, you know, I need to have that mentality with absolutely everything that I want to excel at. That it's like work your butt off. And then when you're not working on it, don't do it. Don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Relax, you know, have that that fast away from it. Because if you're constantly if you're constantly on it. You're just draining your battery and you're not effective when you're there. You're not effective when you're away. So Yeah, you've only got so much I, bandwidth. Sorry, Chris, yeah. you go. No, yeah. I think that there's a way that you can... I feel like I've happily, accidentally stumbled upon being able to lower my, my idle number, you know. Um if I'm idling at 7,000 RPM, that's not good, yeah. you know? And I feel like you can naturally bring that down lower and lower. Um, but I just, it's almost like I convince myself, or maybe it's even a part of society, I don't know, that values revving at a higher level. You know, it looks like you're, it's almost like the busy work. It's the being able to make one more post when it's like, you can shut up if you'd like to, like, you don't have to, you don't have to make your vroom vroom noises all the time, you know, and make it look like you're, you know, you're, uh, I saw this one the other day just cause I felt like I needed it. It was, you're, you know, you're grinding in the world of Warcraft again. You, you gotta bring it down there. Um, I did it as a way to, to see that the guy in front of the mirror was, he was serious, you know, and maybe would even get stuff from other people. Um, I'm on. Um, okay. Um, so anyway, uh, but I think in that regard, it you've got to maybe watch, kind of guard against revving at higher and higher levels over nothing really and getting better about lowering it and maybe even lowering it under some circumstances that are stressful i don't know if that you know it almost kind of conjures to mind some type of crazy cia training or something to get yourself you know calm while you're getting the chinese water torture i don't know yeah I, I think there's a big part of parenting that, um, you know, is like that, that you have these little emotional fireballs and, uh, you know, a, a stolen toy is cause for the volcano to explode. And you're like, and you can take on that energy, which is unhealthy. And I've failed that test a million times. I still do. But the moments where I'm best is when that is going, when the volcano is going off and I'm like, I'm not the volcano. And I 
am still thinking logically and I'm breathing and I'm aware of all the things that I'm doing to um, to handle that situation the best way it should be handled. It's hard. You know, your outside environment is very influential, but um, but stuff like this, when it's almost like I, I heard this metaphor where it's like in calm waters, prepare for the next storm or something to that effect that, you know, if you're in a good place, oftentimes a lot of us were dwelling on something where you're like you're maybe you're heading home from work. You had a bad day. What do you do? You're dwelling on that bad day, but you have the time and space right now to just let go. Just look off. Sun is setting. It's a beautiful sunset. You could be spacing out and recharging your batteries, but most of the world, you know, and myself included, we have a hard time letting go of that, like, one thing that that guy said or that that, you know, girl said. And, um, you know, whatever stress you know, happened before. And it's like, these rhythms, that's a challenge. And if you get good at dealing with that challenge, and then also like, enjoying and being grateful for the moments that you have that you're away from those challenges. Then, then you start leveling up and you start seeing that you're leveling up because of that. But I think like meditation, again, it's like you do one thing and you think it only has like one effect. I noticed this with uh, when I very first started like going into the rock climbing gym. I, I only did it for a few months, but I was like, this is weird. It feels like I'm opening up a different kind of problem solving in my mind by physically doing this. But then I started seeing other things that related to it where I'm like, just go for the easier handhold. And then I'm like, but what's the easier handhold? Yeah, you know, applied to this, everything is a metaphor for everything else. Mm. And if you start inviting new metaphors into your life, you can apply that same mentality in a completely different way um, to something that se is seemingly unrelated, but everything's related. I'm amazed at how a side practice turns into problem solving of the thing that you were really, the nut you were trying to crack, you know, that it was supposed to be the vacation too. And then uh -huh. it's like, it's the perfect solution. All of a sudden, yeah. like, you know, your new practice of playing piano helps you with your woodworking problem. You know, like, I, okay. You know, it's just that whole, like, I'm squeezing here, I'm letting go there. And you talking about kids, and I think of how my emotion, emotional baseline goes up as I'm bombarded, you know, with a higher frequency of, problems of things that are my responsibility to solve and it's like i know that i know that that gets a rise out of me i know that lack of sleep gets a rise out of me but i don't think about how my breakfast in some subtle way is helping to contribute to getting a rise out of me you know and that that really becomes clear with this you're like man everything i put in my body has an effect like, i don't know have you guys ever heard about uh ayurvedic medicine before no, I have it, one of the things that they talk about is our constitutions. And I'm sure that there's a lot more depth than I'm definitely going to talk about right now because I'm by no means mastered in it. But um, part of it is there's three basic constitutions that there's like a fiery one, 
there's more of a baseline kind of one and there's one kind of in between so for the fiery one i forget exactly what it is so don't take any of what i'm saying for gospel on it but basically you know there's people that they're going to do really well if they eat hot food that's kind of like their natural enjoyment level and that's going to go well with them whereas if you give that to the person with the more baseline con and i don't know if that's what they call it but that's just something using like a more you know uh probably oats and bread kind of constitution they're not going to agree with that and that's going to mess them up and it's kind of the the science of that figuring out what to put in your body that doesn't stoke your emotions and doesn't give you the fog and this i haven't thought about that even while we were doing this but it kind of is something that I should probably swing back into because it's come up a few times, and that's just that's a gem right there. I can already tell because, like, as you're talking about that, I'm like, I just, my mind starts firing off all these questions. Like, okay, what in what situations have I um, been optimally running, and what was I eating? You know, mm -hmm. and I think about it. I'm like, in times, you know, my my diet. Um, it seems very boring. Well, I get into rhythms that are very boring and I'm 100% on board with it. Like, I don't care. And that's when I feel like I'm like almost running the best when I'm not like, oh, I need variety. It's almost the exact opposite where I'm just like, yeah, okay. I, I've solved this problem. I don't need variety in this. I need variety in experience. I don't need to turn food into an experience. It's not this event. It's not a special, you know, I'm like, whatever, put it in. I'm not full. I'm not starving anymore. And that's also another thing that it's like getting past the idea of like being full as like the goal, mm -hmm. you know, when I fasted, I realized I'm like, I drink a ton more water. I, you know, I try to hold myself every day to 90 ounces of water because that's recommended for my weight. And that kind of has been this habit that I've, I've done for a while now. But when I'm fasting, I get so bored of like not eating. And I have that habit that I end up typically drinking a lot more water, 120 ounces of water, you know, maybe 140. And it's like, I'm peeing a lot more. But then I also start noticing all these other sensations, clarity of thought, you know, and um, heightened awareness. I can meditate way easier. So, yeah, that kind of stuff, I think having a blander diet for me personally, um, that has benefited me in ways that you just bringing it up now. I'm like, I haven't been aware of that. Well, I feel like you're going against our natural rhythm because I think Paleolithic man would eat until they were incapacitated and then they were susceptible to being killed by passing predators. That's the way <laughs> you're supposed to eat until you can't move. <laughs> Hold on one second. What's up, kiddo? Hey. Did you say hi to Chris and Uncle Nate? Hi, Lena. Hi. Good morning. Want to plug in? What's going on? Put him in. Elena, I have a question for you. Can you hear him? Yeah. What is the word of the day? Say hi, guys. Hi. 
Hi. <laughs> you got a dog. Do you mind if I talk with him just for a little bit more, and then we're gonna, I'm gonna have to get ready for work, okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Just one second. <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously with that, I'm going to have to get going here. No worries, dude. That's fine. That's, that's perfect. Uh, I was glad that we were able to move it along, and conversation is perfect for the amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I've got a lot of stuff to chew on. Definitely. I'm glad that uh, there's a lot of times that we needed to all talk for, for things to get straight in my mind. So, uh, and who's next? Nate's next, right? Is it mine? I didn't know if it was going to be me or Chris. I'm not 100% positive. I... I'll check again, but uh, I'll double check. Okay. Okay. Well, if it's me, then hold on to your asses. Okay. <laughs> I would <laughs> Good. All right, guys. All right. All right. Take care, guys. Okay, you too.